0: Hi, I'm Noah Michelson. Sadly, my beautiful co-host, Karina Kolodny, is being quarantined with a rough case of strep throat. But fear not, she'll be back for the next episode. In the meantime, this week's question is... All of them. Well, most of them. What I mean is that we asked you, our loyal listeners, to send in your burning questions about sex, and you didn't disappoint us. For this episode, we'll be answering some of our favorites. And speaking of favorites, joining me now are two of our best-loved guests.
1: I'm Dr. Jana Vrangalova, I'm a sex researcher who studies casual sex, non-monogamy, uh, and sexual orientation, and I teach human sexuality at NYU.
2: I'm Carly Shortino. I run the sex blog, SlutEver.com, and I'm Vogue sex and relationship columnist. And actually, Jana writes an advice column for my blog, SlutEver, <laughs> called Ask a Sex Researcher. We're best friends. (laughs) We're not best friends, but we're friends.
0: (laughs) Thanks to our listeners for joining us. Let's get straight into our questions. Um, This question is from a listener who wrote in, and he said that he normally is a very large shooter. So when he's ejaculating, he's ejaculating a lot. But recently he experienced what he's calling a dry orgasm. So he's saying that he actually had the feeling of having an orgasm, but there was no ejaculate. So he wants to know if this is a real thing and why he's having them. What do you guys think?
1: Um, yeah, it's it's certainly absolutely normal. Um, dry orgasms are a thing. They exist, and they happen to some men sometimes. It's not something that uh, most men will, will experience like, all the time, but um, they'll happen. And there are a couple of different reasons why they can happen. Uh, if this is a young guy, then probably what, what happened was he – this was like a – Second, third, fourth orgasm, and there was just no sperm left to come out. Um, that's usually the reason for young for young guys. If it's an older person, an older man, it could be due to retrograde ejaculation, which is kind of the um, the sperm instead of going. Out of the body um, through the urethra, it kind of uh, goes into the bladder. But in order for that to happen, it's usually after some sort of prostate surgery or some medications or you know some sort of um, uh, problem, which most of the time is, is really not the case. Also, sometimes you know no ejaculate coming out can be due to. Um, Putting pressure on some parts of the penis or kind of the area between the penis and, and the anal opening. Um, and that can prevent the fluid from coming out. But, so it could be any, any of these things, but most likely it's just uh, you know, running out of fluid. Um, and it. yeah, you drained <laughs> it basically. Um, and actually, men who, who report multiple orgasms, it's very common that some of those orgasms will be dry. So, Interesting. Yeah,
0: But is it possible to just have an orgasm without any of those reasons, but just to have an orgasm and not ejaculate for a guy?
1: Yeah, and that's what tantric sex seems to teach um, a lot. And it's unclear how exactly and what exactly happens, but it is sort of the psychological experience of an orgasm. And also the muscular contractions that happen in the genital area feel like an orgasm, just nothing comes out. Um, so, yeah, that's possible, too.
0: So now we have another listener who wrote in and uh, the question is, why do some girls squirt and others don't? And is there a special thing to do in order for me to be able to squirt? So squirting, which is kind of, a you know, we're, we have this whole orgasm section we're doing right now. What's the deal with squirting, you guys? <laughs>
2: It's I've, super fun. I've been told that everyone can squirt and you just have to work out the right way so many times. And I really actually at this point just don't believe that. And <laughs> I'm one of those people who just think it's pee. But then I interviewed this neuroscientist at um, Rutgers and he showed me like uh, a scan of the inside of a woman's body and actually pointed out the, the part of the body to me where the squirt is kept. So I love that. But I was like, I also don't even know what I'm looking at. I'm just looking at a bunch of weird gray blobs. Like you could be lying. <laughs> right. I really don't believe it.
1: Um yeah, it's unclear. I mean, when you know only a certain number of women, about thirty percent or so, have said that they've ever ejaculated, um, ever squirted. And so whether it's possible for everyone to do that, it's unclear. It's also unclear, I mean science is not very sure about that ex- specific area where the squirt is kept and comes from. And there's still a big debate over, you know, is it pee? Is it at least some of it pee? Are there different types of squirting when you kind of gush, you know, a lot a lot of um, liquid and maybe that's coming from a different place com- uh, compared to when you're just kind of um, squirting a little bit. So it's, it's still a big debate. But it seems like a lot of women can squirt and there are certain uh, techniques that um, are likely to uh, make you squirt. Uh, usually the way it works is um, you know having two fingers inside um, and doing that come hither motion in a fairly um, vigorous way. so it's not a gentle kind of thing. you kind of have to go in and in and out with with that uh, motion um, fairly kind of hard. Um, and it can happen. It doesn't, but it doesn't have to. I mean, it, it really depends. Also, squirting is not always equal to an orgasm. And that's yeah. another thing. People yeah. think, oh, if a woman squirts, then she's having an orgasm. Not necessarily. Sometimes they go together and sometimes they don't. So it's a, it's a physiological response more than um, sort of a, a subjective sense of orgasm.
0: Here's a question for you guys, since I have no context for, for this. <laughs> is squirting, though, it's generally seen as a good thing, right? Or, or you know, is it a fetish? Do guys like it? Do women like it? Or, or I mean, in the gay community, obviously, like, a guy who can shoot a huge load, like, yeah. that's really desirable oftentimes. Mm. Like, so is squirting kind of on par with that? Or is it mm-hmm. different?
2: I mean, I don't like doing laundry, so I feel like be <laughs> really <laughs> annoying. But some guys like it. I've definitely had guys really try you know oh, you can't squirt I'm gonna let's try I can make girls right. squirt and then this one guy was saying you know right when you feel like you're gonna pee just don't hold back because that's that's when you're about to squirt and mm-hmm. I was like really that just feels like that would be no, me about to pee
1: no that's actually true I had uh-huh. a friend who um she was a squirter she squirted every time she had an orgasm uh-huh. and while you know that's kind of cool sometimes you know sleeping in Um, you know in a wet bed all the time is not that much fun so she had to have like special sheets and yeah it was it was a bit of a pain in the neck
0: right yeah (laughs) um all right let's move on okay here's here's a fun question i like to play with my man's quote-unquote little hole but i always wonder if i could turn him gay for doing that laugh out loud
1: you can definitely turn him gay for okay. Yeah,
2: <laughs> never touch his butt ever.
1: <laughs> <yeah>. Ever. <laughs> that is the ultimate proof of a uh, gayhood right yeah yeah, yeah. If exactly. someone has had a finger in his ass right yep. nice no. question
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, i think i mean i think obviously like you guys are saying like sorry it's it's obviously not gonna make someone gay but i think there is this whole thing number one i think that anal sex and anal play is getting so much more mainstream or at least a lot more non-queer people are doing it mm-hmm. yeah and i think there are these worries about that like what does that mean if oh, i'm letting absolutely. you know
1: absolutely and yeah, you know, we're kidding, but this is a very real concern for people, especially for heterosexual men, because anal sex is seen as something that gay men do. And so if they have anything near their their butt, that that means, you know, there's something homosexual about them. But obviously, that's that kind of makes no sense. What makes you gay is attraction to other men, not what kinds of sexual behaviors you like to engage with. It's who you want to do that with. And so um, there's absolutely nothing gay about having anal sex. Anal sex is really not gay. I mean, what about all the women who like anal sex?
2: (laughs) I think what you said is true. It seems specifically in American culture, there's a lot of Mm -hmm. homo paranoia, right? Mm -hmm. Like People are always paranoid of seeming gay, primarily men. And it's like you know, if you told them that shirt makes you look gay, they would never wear it again. <laughs> it's
0: so true. So true.
2: And it's really sad because, you know, gay is synonymous with bad, I guess, mm-hmm. <laughs> still. There's a lingering stigma there.
0: Yeah. Even like, I think even people are so like, oh, I have no problem with gay people. But like when you bring it into the bedroom or you bring mm-hmm. it in a very personal place. Oh, yeah. Then they start to freak out.
1: Let me just say this. When I first heard the question, the, you know, playing with my man's little hole my first thought was his urethra, actually. Oh, yeah,
0: like sounding. <laughs> like sounding, yeah. um,
1: which is another thing that you can certainly put things in, right. um, hopefully save things like medical grade uh, steel sounds and stuff. Yeah. But that's another thing that some people are into, which will also not make you gay. Right. <laughs> Does that hurt? No, no, it's absolutely, it should not hurt. If it hurts, you're doing it wrong. It's okay. kind of like anal sex. Yeah. It should not hurt. Yeah. And nothing that's that's that could potentially um you know cut or um yeah uh, damage the urethra should right. be put inside.
0: Nothing glass or no, no, <laughs> Yeah. No,
1: definitely nothing glass. I've never
0: done it but I do I do have a really adverse reaction when I even hear it. Like I like cross <laughs> my I legs yeah. and like it just sounds painful but
1: No, no, it's absolutely not painful. Interesting. It should not be painful. Okay. It's just a sensation. It's another sensation because your urethra has you know, nerve endings and Get you me get a paper get to feel clip. Things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: um, all right, now we have. Oh, oh, here's here's one, and I have some personal experience with this one. <laughs> what is the proper etiquette when during anal sex there is a quote unquote poop apocalypse? Oh yeah, this Project. happened to me ten years ago. You guys, I was having anal sex, and I have what I call the brownie batter incident because <sighs> I looked down, and there was like I would say like four or five ounces of Wow. Shit yeah. on my deck. And it it really, 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 really traumatized me. Really? Yeah. yeah it really did. I um, think
2: everyone has, you have, it's sort of like a rite of passage,
1: right? It is. If you're having anal sex, it's going to happen at some point. Yeah. And so I think that's something that, you know, people have to come to terms with mm-hmm. and be okay with happening.
0: But I think there's also levels of it because, you know, like if you're going to have anal sex, yes, there's going to be no matter how much you've cleaned out or or what you've done, there's going to probably be something. But like
1: sometimes not necessarily. Exactly. Not
0: always. But but you probably shouldn't have like ounces of it like i think the guy i was with just i think he probably knew that was not the night that we should have had anal sex (laughs) and i think that's okay too is Mm -hmm. just to say you know what not tonight like i just had chipotle or you know whatever and i haven't
1: been to the bathroom in a you know in a while and i'm not sure
0: what's up there Mm -hmm. so i think it's probably just about communicating with your partner and saying here's how i'm feeling here's you know
1: Well, that means you know your body well enough to make those kinds of conclusions and then share them with a partner. So it's also about experience and kind of knowing. But yes, that's a really good point. If you've just had Indian food or Chipotle or something, (laughs) it's very spicy or haven't been to the bathroom in a while, then that's probably not the right time to have um, anal sex. Right. But on the other hand, it might happen. And so. Totally.
0: Have a towel. Yeah. yeah. Don't no. freak out. No. Be like,
1: you know, uh, it's not the best thing to happen. It's not ideal. Uh, it's not what we were planning on, but, right. you know, go clean up and. It continue.
2: happens to everybody. It does. But I do think that if you're going to be someone who has anal sex or wants to have anal sex, then you have to just be used to your butt enough mm-hmm. or comfortable with your butt enough to like put your fingers up there, right? Mm-hmm. Is that a thing Like beforehand? Do? Yeah, like mm-hmm. you're like, can oh, I have yeah. an sex? And then you sort of like finger your ass and then you can work out if you... Well, yeah,
0: and some <laughs> people do room. enemas really or, or, d- or right. douches, which also can be, I think, problematic sometimes because you can... The lining, I, you can get irritated if you're doing that too if much. you doing it too much. Yeah, but exactly. if you
1: only do it every now and then, that right. should be fine.
0: You stick um, the
2: shower head up there? Now people do. Some,
0: uh, I've heard
1: of people doing that. Wow. You can also use... Um, Uh, just enemas. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So someone else has written in and asked, uh, will my butthole be damaged or become permanently stretched out if I have anal sex?
1: Yeah, that's kind of a frequent concern people have and it's really unfounded. Um, It's not, no, it's not going to happen. The short answer is no, unless you stick some really, really, really massive things in there a lot of time, Mm -hmm. um, which... I think has happened to people, people have taken it to the extreme, but any sort of normal, you know, penis and anus or, you know, sex toy, sort of, you know, your regular sex toy in anus every now and then uh, is not going to stretch mm-hmm. or permanently damage your anus. And obviously if it's done right with lots of lube and, and without, some, uh, without any tearing and that kind of stuff.
0: Right, I mean, you even think about like fisting. Mm-hmm. I once had an ex-boyfriend ask me to fist him mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. It freaked me out. Um, Just because I thought, like, what if I suddenly something happens and I just open up my hand while it's inside of him and, like, you know, like it really hurt him. It really scared me. Um, But he did it regularly Mm -hmm. and he did it safely and, like, his butthole was not weirdly stretched out, you know? Right. Um, Okay. Our next question is How do you breach the subject of using toys with a girl? Is it weird to do that before dating?
2: Is this a guy asking?
0: I think it is I think <laughs> yeah. it probably yeah. is. But I don't maybe it could be another woman, but I feel like she wouldn't be asking this way.
2: For girls, I think it's a default. Not always, but with two girls I feel like it's more expected normalized. that mm-hmm. they, yeah, would they would be, be using sex. sex toys. Um how do you ask for I mean, I always, I like sex talk before sex because I feel like you get an idea of what each other are into and it builds tension. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if I would lead with that on a first (laughs) date, but. Yeah. What's this before dating? Like, what does that even mean? Right. Yeah. I'm not sure.
1: Like, while you're friends or like when you first meet someone?
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Hi, my name's Jack. Do you like sex toys? Right.
0: I probably wouldn't do that.
1: (laughs) Um, But before before sex, sex. Before sex. Yeah. Uh, You can mention them. You can ask her if she likes toys. You can ask if she's ever used them before. You can tell a story about this one time when you used this particular toy and it was really cool and great. Um, You can say, "Ooh, I just bought this new sex toy. I've been curious to... You know, try out I mean there's so many different ways to do that here's my question
0: though for you guys I feel like you're both you know very well educated and in touch women with your sexuality and and that wouldn't freak you out if someone asked you that on a date but like for a woman maybe who isn't do you think that would freak her out if a guy was just like so how do you feel about sex toys on a date
2: it depends what the toy is some toys I feel like are so normal I feel like so many girls have vibrators Mm -hmm. but I feel like that's not what he's talking about and well, for some I reason. I don't know. It was a very
1: sort of broad yeah. vague question. Yeah. I mean, that probably wouldn't be the first thing I ask her when right. we sit down uh, to yeah. have dinner. Right. Yeah. But if we were having a sexual conversation, mm-hmm. that could be one of the questions that you ask. And I don't think anyone would be. That weirded out if it's part of a sexual conversation totally. already. So yep. I wouldn't probably lead in with that question. <laughs> like I wouldn't start yeah. a sex convo with <laughs> that. But
0: right, how do you go about anal beads? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. Actually, and someone I was having this conversation the other day. We were talking about. He was saying, you know, I feel like there's this more and more and modern day there's more of a pressure to like go all in the first time you have sex with someone Mm. whereas you know what about the fact that the first time we have sex we have we just get to know each other's bodies and we have sex instead of normal and then like by the fourth time we have sex or the third time we are instigating new things right. yeah. and like sex becomes more of a progression. So there's more to look forward to, you yeah. know, it's not just like, Hey, I'm down for everything and everything like totally. now right. on like time one, you know? And
0: just the That's anticipation too. Yeah. I think there's something so sexy about not going to all those places right away Yeah, yeah and getting to look, look forward to it and, and mm-hmm. wonder about it and sort mm-hmm. of fantasize about it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause I feel point. like it's like, especially for women, there's this pressure to be like, I'm down for everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, It's like that for gay men, too. Like, when I'm on Grindr or something, they're like, are you a top or a bottom? And I'm like, whoa, let's back up first. Like, what else do you like? You know, we can get there. But that's not, at least for me personally, that's not the most exciting part of having sex. It's not just penetrating.
2: Mm -hmm. Right. Like, let's kiss and then decide. (laughs) Exactly.
0: What do your nipples look like? Like, let's start there. You know what I mean? Things like that. Where I'm like, there are little things that turn me on a lot more than just, I know where it's going to go at some point. So our next question is, uh, everyone has had a friend who's had trouble getting off without sex toys, or they've said that a sex toy stimulates them better for, than stimulation from a partner. Is there any danger in becoming dependent upon a sex toy?
2: I'll go th- with this one, because I have had that same fear. Like, I am dating a girl, and I we usually use a vibrator during sex, and... I had the same fear because then sometimes when if I had sex with a guy or I had was masturbating it would seemingly I it wouldn't happen as fast mm-hmm. and I I think I've come to realize that I don't think the vibrator desensitizes you or makes it impossible, but I think that you have to expect that you might not be stimulated as quickly. Mm -hmm. Because the vibrator stimulates all 8,000 of your nerve endings really fast. right? Mm -hmm. And really strong. And a person can't
1: reproduce that. I mean, there's no... Yeah, there's just nothing that a hand or a penis can do that goes so fast and so so strong, so intense to replicate a vibrator, especially vibrators like um like the Hitachi or something mm-hmm. like that that they're super super strong. Yeah. So it's just a different kind of experience. I do know women who are kind of dependent on their on their vibrators especially during masturbation. Mm-hmm. They've not masturbated without one in years and they've tried doing it just with their hand and it doesn't really work. So I, I, have, I have a friend who actually tried to wean herself off of her vibrator and tried d- doing that for a couple of months and it was hard. Like, mm-hmm. In the beginning she couldn't really come without without it. Um, but then slowly kind of that came back. Um, so there's a lot of individual variability in mm-hmm. that. I would say probably it makes sense to switch it up right. and have different types of stimulation that um, brings you to an orgasm, whether alone or with a partner.
0: Yeah, I had a friend, he, he had a fleshlight. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. And he had to stop using it because he said it actually felt better than real sex. He was like, it just, <laughs> it. he was like, it knows my body or whatever. Yeah. He, like, he, mm-hmm. he got rid of it. Yeah. Same thing. Like he had Smart. to like, decondition himself.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dan Savage says that to guys, he's like, don't jerk off with the. Iron fist because mm-hmm. No,
1: mm-hmm. no yeah no vagina or, or anus anus yeah. can be that tight right um, that's smart.
0: You're listening to the HuffPost Love and Sex podcast. Coming up, you'll hear more advice from Carly, Jana, and me. Like, what do you do if your girlfriend doesn't like giving head? Or is the old adage "once a cheater, always a cheater" really true? If you haven't had a chance to find HuffPost Love and Sex on iTunes, take a moment to subscribe, rate the show, and let us know what you think. You can also find us on Twitter using the handle at HuffPostPodcast. Or send us an email to loveandsexpodcast at huffingtonpost.com. Our next episode will be our inaugural penis episode. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes so you don't miss it. Um. Okay, what do you guys think about this one? Why do you think MILF porn is such a popular thing? And for people who don't know, MILF is a mother I'd like to fuck.
2: I think, first of all, we have to ask the question of why wouldn't it be popular? I know that it is. Actually, this is—I saw this in a recent study that it's the most searched term in, in porn. It yeah, really? it's one of the most yeah. highly searched terms. That's yeah, so mom, mom, to me. mom and MILF. Yeah. Wow. And, teen, and then teen. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But it's sort of, I think, it's so shocking to people because we live in a society where youth is hot mm-hmm. and that's the only
0: thing that's hot. Especially for women. Yeah. Because I think in gay, you know, like the daddy in gay porn mm-hmm. is so hot. Like everyone wants right. the daddy. You know <laughs> what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, for, for you know, women thinking about partners, older men are also often mm-hmm. attractive. But yeah. um, older women are not considered Attractive for younger men. Mm-hmm. There's some evolutionary reasons for that too. The evolutionary mm. thinking is well, they're most fertile when they're young, and they're uh, most capable of bearing children when they're not super young, but in their in that like early twenties um, age range. So there's some evolutionary reasons for that, but certainly our culture makes that even more you know mm-hmm. big of a deal than than it would be otherwise. Um, but it's it's really interesting that it's it's one of the most highly searched um uh, categories and a lot of people's first thought is oh it has something to do with some freudian kind mm-hmm. of dynamic of you know you you wanted your mother as a child and then <laughs> you you fear that your dad would castrate you because right. of that and then you stop wanting that and now that's you know it's coming out in a fantasy about other people's mothers and all that um that is zero uh, support, <laughs> zero research support. And and maybe because no one has studied it, but it doesn't quite make sense. I mean, it's been suggested by Freud like 100 years ago, and, and no one's found much um, uh, sort of scientific evidence for it. But I think what probably explains it most um, uh, or it comes closest to the explanation for why that's the case has to do with um, – sexual maturity hmm. and experience I don't think it has much to do with the fact that these women are mothers mm-hmm. it's to do with the fact that they're in their you know 30s late 30s early 40s so it's the age at which women are more experienced mm-hmm. at which they are more sexual at which they are um, sort of more in touch with their sexuality mm-hmm. and so for a young guy that that means he's getting an experience where um, you know the woman knows what she wants, um, knows how to get it. She'll likely have an orgasm. Um, and I think that plays a big role. I don't know. What's your...
2: Yeah. And I know, I mean, in real life, a lot of young guys who I know who have had an experience with an older woman or even guys who are older now who, while they, when they were young, had mm-hmm. that type of experience, love it mm-hmm. and said that it was so hot. And for that exact reason, you know, it is... It sort of reminded me, when they explained it, the way I felt about my teacher fantasies mm-hmm. when I was in high in college, in high school. Um, just, like, this idea of learning something from somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that experienced, empowered vibe. But also, there's the whole American Pie thing right. <laughs> that made it kind of culturally cool, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. And we've got, like, cougars now, too. Mm-hmm. Even though the cougar, I think, is sort of derogatory in a way. Like, yeah. like I still think we look down upon that or it's something, right. you know. But I think you're right. I think there is something sort of about that, them having an ex- experience, knowing what they're doing. Also, mm-hmm. maybe having some access to their sexuality that younger women aren't supposed to have. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a yeah. whole virginal thing where, like, if you're younger, you shouldn't know what you're doing yet. Yeah. I have to be the one who's, like, driving the Teaching car here. You. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But if you're older, then, like... You have these years of experience. And,
1: and maybe you can teach me
0: something. Exactly. Yeah. So our next question is, my boyfriend wants us to shoot a porn. I'm worried about what would happen if it ever got leaked. I mean, come on, you're not Miley Cyrus. But <laughs> uh, he says I'm worrying too much. Should I do it?
2: I think you, if it turns you on as well, or at least you're not turned off by it and you like the idea of turning him on, I say do it and do it on your own phone and don't give Smart. him the file. Right. That's minor. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
2: And save it somewhere that's safe, and you know that you're the only one that the only one that has access to it, and then watch it when you want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> that said, it is you know it once you
1: take it, it's there, and right. it may at some point get out in some way. And yeah. so if you're super super paranoid about that, I mean, if you want to run for president one day, <laughs> then it might be a good idea to not do it. Yeah. But it can be such a hot thing to do if you're into it. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Take take the necessary precautionary measures.
0: Right. Or maybe, you know, shoot it and then watch it. And, and then, then delete, delete it. it. Yeah. And then yeah. you can make another one. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to have a, a file somewhere with mm-hmm. hundreds of videos of yourself.
1: Right, lying around, right. waiting totally. to be discovered by someone. And,
0: yeah.
2: yeah, I'm an idiot that way. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> sure, like random people I don't know. Yeah, let's make porn. Because I'm right. so turned on by the idea of something being filmed and documented that totally. I just throw in a vision to the wind and then next day I'm like who is that random guy who was <laughs> <Right. photo
0: laughs> maybe was you sexting. just need to get like one of those VHS recorders from the 80s and yeah. like there's no tape in it but you'll still see the red light on and like, you'll feel like you're getting taped but it won't actually be happening yeah or something I mean these days
1: so many people are doing amateur porn and so many it's it's I mean for some professions probably if people found out mm-hmm. that wouldn't look good and you might lose your job or for some families that would be a really kind of you know horrible thing mm-hmm. to happen and and very upsetting but for many people it's really not that big of a deal yeah. and so if if you don't think that your uh, professional reputation will suffer then Yeah, it's not that big of a deal.
0: I kind of love, too, like, there was even a kid from the Disney Channel. He was on the Disney Channel when he was a teen, and, like, his dick pic just leaked a couple weeks ago. (laughs) And he went on Twitter. He was like, yep, that's me. Like, I (gasps) I sent it to someone. I didn't Mm -hmm. think it would get out. And it's kind of embarrassing, but, like, what can I do? And I don't want people to be ashamed of their bodies. And, like, he had a really great response. And I think that, like, I think we're getting to a place Mm -hmm. now where people are getting less weird about it and hopefully that'll continue yes
1: what it says is yes i've had sex right Uh, i mean and i enjoyed it and it was great and you know what's wrong about that right
0: okay here's a good one my girlfriend thinks that blowjobs are degrading but she has no problem with me going down on her she's really sensitive about these things and i don't know how to explain to her that that's not fair what do you guys think
2: Mm. do you want to do it
1: yeah, I mean, this um, is a tough one. Uh, there's so many layers to mm-hmm. this, I think. Um, yes, it's not fair. <laughs> I mean, yeah.
0: Start there. Yeah,
1: let's start there. It, it is not fair, but life isn't always fair. So sometimes you end up in a relationship with someone who doesn't share your you know, desires and needs for um, the kinds of sexual things that you want to do. Um I think it's okay to bring that up I think it's okay to talk about it and and make her understand that this is something that you really would like and kind of unpack why she thinks it's degrading and why she thinks it's not degrading the other way around Mm -hmm. Um, if there are any ways of doing it that would make her feel it's not degrading um, I mean there are there are many different types of giving a blowjob, sort of many different ways that you can approach that from very kind of um, rough to very loving and gentle. And so maybe maybe some of those would, would work for her.
0: Right. Like if you're skull fucking someone, that's a very right. different experience. Right. Exactly. than Or you're you know,
1: holding their head exactly. and, you know, They're pinching their nose and yeah, yeah having right. them gag. Like that's very different experience yeah. than uh, where they have all the control and, and they can go as fast and or as slow as they want to. Right.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of girls have experiences when we're young and teenagers when guys are just forcing our head mm-hmm. down there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you watch porn and there's these videos of girls on their knees giving blowjobs and then having cum on their face. Mm-hmm. So there are these tropes, you know? Yeah. But then sometimes if you're giving a guy head and he's laying down and it really is it feels kind of powerful because they're so, they're, you know, like laid out in this really mm. like supine vulnerable position, position yeah. and they're just really enjoying it and you have their dick between your teeth.
0: Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: You have power over them in that moment, a lot of it. Definitely. And so, yeah, maybe kind of flip the script and try to, see see try to have her see that and understand that.
0: And it seems like, yeah, I think there's a lot of cultural baggage that mm-hmm. gets projected yeah. onto blowjobs. And mm-hmm. I think, yeah, they can be really degrading mm-hmm. and they, they have been really degrading, but in her relationship, they don't have to be degrading Absolutely. You know, if if they're if they have some kind of ground rules and things set up, then I think it could be really fun for both of them.
2: Yeah. And we get really caught up in what is degrading and what is not degrading. And mm-hmm. I think Nothing is degrading as long as you are enjoying it, right? Yeah, it
1: depends on what you make of it. It's the meaning that you attach to it. Right. Yeah. But that said, ultimately, if she doesn't like blowjobs, she doesn't like blowjobs. You can't quite force her to have them. So you can ask her if it would be okay for you to go get blowjobs from someone else. Um, which may or may not work. Right. Um, you, uh, if 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 she says no, then it's on to you to make the decision whether you're okay being in a relationship where you don't get blowjobs, mm-hmm. or that blowjobs are so important to you that you have to break up and find another partner who's going to give you blowjobs. Right. Right.
0: That's a really good point. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so our next question came in from a listener, and she said that she met her current partner while cheating on a previous partner and he was in the same situation. So they basically had an affair um, and now they're together and they seem very happy. But she wants to know is once a cheater, always a cheater. Because we always hear that. You know, that you, if you're a cheater you can never not be a cheater. Do you guys think that's true?
2: Right, so like she's now worried that because they met while cheating yep. that they won't be able to trust each other. Yeah. Right. That either he'll cheat or she'll cheat. She doesn't trust herself either. Right? Yeah,
0: I would assume. Right. Yeah.
2: Um, well, I mean... What I was going to say, and I think that Jonna will be able to elaborate, elaborate on this really well, is that since they met in a context in which they were both, they formed a really strong bond, clearly, when having great sex, while also both engaging with, in a relationship with other people, that they're clearly both capable and enjoy having multiple relationships at once. So therefore, it seems like a good opportunity to be in an open or non-monogamous <laughs> relationship, something that Jonna knows a lot about. You Well, she writes a lot about
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. So he wants a cheater, always a cheater. Um, There is some scientific support to that. Mm. So the best, I mean, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior, Mm -hmm. no matter what. And so people who have committed infidelity once are more likely to commit infidelity again than people who've never done it. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that all people who cheated once will cheat again or that, you know, no one who's ever cheated will. Cheat. obviously, that doesn't make <laughs> right. sense. Um, but the the chances are higher. So, yes in in this in this case, because they they both have cheated on other people, it's more likely that they one one or both of them may cheat on each other. Mm-hmm. But as Carly pointed out, it seems like they are the kinds of people for whom. Maybe a, some sort of a non-monogamous arrangement would work better if that is something that they want to incorporate in their relationship. Mm-hmm. So instead of making that a problem, make it part of the solution and part of the relationship. You know, if, if she ever you know, wants to be with someone else or he ever wants to be with someone else, you know, talk about it mm-hmm. and open it up for discussion and give open relationship a try.
0: Right. it seems like in some ways you can have this fear that you're gonna cheat on each other or you can have this fear of what would happen if you had an open relationship and it seems like the latter is actually probably more healthy to try mm-hmm. rather than spending your time just being totally paranoid checking each other's phones yeah. or, you know all of that stuff that goes with with that fear
2: absolutely yeah. and that's some pretty heavy cheating if they spent a year that's not like whoops we slept together once, once. that's right. a serious cheater yeah <laughs> and I yeah, I would say Tri-poly. doesn't look good. <laughs> <Yeah. No>. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. And my thing about cheating
0: too is like, if you're gonna cheat like that for a year, I just feel like just break it off. You know what I mean? Or like have an open relationship mm-hmm. or break it off. But like, that's a long time to cheat on. Mm-hmm. A, a, yeah, that's a not partner. a mistake. It's
1: not a one time no. thing. It's not a oh, I was really horny and traveling and I you yes. know this just fell into my lap and I'm gonna do it once. Right. Um, it seems like they they should be poly. Mm -hmm. You know, they should be the kind of people who are open to having multiple ongoing relationships with, with, you know, more than one person, as long as they do it ethically. And the ethical non-monogamy option is not a very accessible to our minds Mm -hmm. option, but it is becoming more and more sort of acceptable these days. And so it's certainly something to to give a try, I think for them in right. particular.
0: But we also have to say we don't know. You know, they could possibly just stay together in a, in a monogamous relationship mm-hmm. and never cheat on each other again. And this could have just been an isolated incident.
1: Yeah, there's it could, no reason. Absolutely, but it is very, it is possible. Yeah. yeah, it is less likely right. <laughs> than the alternative, but it's certainly possible. Yeah.
0: That's it for this episode of the HuffPost Love and Sex podcast. Thanks to our producer and editor, Caitlin Bugucki, and production assistant, Jorge Corona. You'll find us on Twitter using the handle at HuffPostPodcast. And our email address is loveandsexpodcast at huffingtonpost.com. So drop us a line. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend. And subscribe to us in iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to leave us a rating or a comment wherever you subscribe. It helps other people discover our show. And please click those gold stars. If we get more gold stars, HuffPost is going to buy everyone squirting lessons. So everyone wins. Our next show is all about penis size. Trust me, you don't want to miss this one.